Hey guys, I'm Christina, and this is your Daily Nerve Devo. Luke 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you are, for I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, so chapters in the Bible can be weird. Sometimes they contain multiple different stories. Sometimes they cut off in the middle of a story weird. And because of that, it's easy to just zoom into the most granular details and analyze off of that. But sometimes it's useful to zoom back out and take a look at the general pattern. I can't tell you how many times I have read both the Good Samaritan story and the Martha and Mary story, and it never actually clicked in my head that they are literally right next to each other in the same chapter in the Bible. And I've never actually heard them preached in that context. Good Samaritan is, well, the Good Samaritan, and Martha and Mary is usually used in the context of, hey, sit down and rest, using Martha as the butt of the proverbial joke. But reading them together in this circumstance, adding in Jesus sending out the 72, I get a different context that makes me feel like maybe this placement wasn't haphazard. You start with the 72, who get sent out by Jesus, abide by his teachings, get some success, and come back to him going, Jesus, we can do all these awesome things! Demons are submitting to us and everything! And Jesus gives the Bible equivalent of, great kid, don't get cocky! Because of course the first thing they're going to do is talk about the phenomenal cosmic powers they have, and not who they're helping, who they're saving. Then you have the Good Samaritan, who is my neighbor lesson. Spoiler alert, it's everyone. Classic. And then there's Martha, you know, the one who asks Jesus to ask Mary to come help her out in preparing for Jesus and his guests. Shame, Martha. Shame for not resting. Except what if Jesus telling Martha no isn't about taking a break? Because in historical context, the women are supposed to be doing the cooking and cleaning and the like and not being taught. And the men are supposed to be resting and learning, not doing domestic work. Worse yet, if she needs help, it would be unheard of to ask a man, but completely in context to ask a man to ask another woman to help her. In that context, is it perhaps more about Martha asking Jesus to reinforce a cultural gender stereotype and Jesus telling her no? Because in this kind of cultural dynamic, that's a very real possibility. I come from a very traditional Polish household, and holidays are always stressful for the women and restful for the men. My husband was absolutely shocked and confused when I brought him home for Christmas the first time, and I was immediately whisked away to the kitchen, and he was whisked away to play a game and talk nerdy things, never to have meaningful contact with each other for the rest of the evening. And it's not all bad if you're female, just very, very you, you, you want to ask for help and have all hands on deck, but you just can't. The kitchen is not the place for men. The gender equality payoff to that happened 
years later when I tried to do the traditional Christmas dinner all by myself because, well, we hadn't really had one of those in a while due to my mom's dementia and I thought we needed it. I also happened to be pregnant with my third kid, so I needed help, a lot of help. And I asked the person who could most capably help me at that moment, Andrew. My mom was very, very confused by all this, but my husband had no problem at all helping me. And as a result, the Christmas dinner that turned out to be my father's last was a success instead of a disaster. So maybe the lesson to Martha wasn't just about taking time to rest. Maybe it was about having a more inclusive worldview on who she should ask for help from and who should give her help. Maybe this was Jesus reinforcing that everyone is my neighbor whom I should love and help as myself, and that I am equally reinforced in relying on all of my neighbors to help me in times of need. If there truly is no Jew nor Gentile, no man nor woman, but all are one in Christ, I'm allowed to act like it in both directions. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more Nerdy Devos, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come hang out with us on our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Christina from The Daily Nerd Devo, and until next time, remember, you are a vital piece of the puzzle God made. Take care.